Welcome to episode number six of the Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm Jake. And today we are talking about the Philosopher's Stone. As always, um, all of our references we use are in the episode description. So you can cross-reference that and make sure that we are not full of poop. It's a good way to say it. You always got to have that linked in the description. Go check it out for yourself. Always got to remind you guys. So, the Philosopher's Stone, what is it? It is a mythical alchemical substance capable of turning base metals into gold or silver, often depicted as a red stone with a gem-like appearance. It is also depicted as a tincture or a powder, and alternatively referred to as the Materia Prima in Western alchemy. Among its powers... It's thought to give its user healing powers and everlasting life. So it's also called the elixir of life. Sometimes said to be a common substance found everywhere, but unrecognized and unappreciated. Definitely got to look into that a little bit, but uh, I think we'll get to that a little later. Yeah. Sounds pretty sweet. Turning gold turning uh oh turning base metals into gold or silver yeah like less valuable metals into very valuable ones make anyone rich instantly yeah yeah i could turn all my pokemon cards into gold that'd be great dude inflation would be freaking gold wouldn't be worth anything anymore sounds good especially with the dollar crashing right now yeah (laughs) dude a lot of people have been talking about that yeah i've been hearing that around yeah i could use a philosopher's stone right now so the philosopher's stone was it was the central symbol of the mystical terminology of alchemy, symbolizing perfection at its finest, uh, enlightenment, and heavenly bliss. Efforts to discover the philosopher's stone were known as the magnum opus or great work. In their quest to find it, alchemists examined countless substances in their laboratories, building a base of knowledge that would spawn the fields of chemistry pharmacology and metallurgy yeah like modern practices that is just common knowledge nowadays but yeah so basically these guys trying to find the alchemist alchemist or the philosopher's stone in their alchemy spawned science Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you want to think about it as the origin of it i don't think that's that far off yeah so the quest for eternal life and for riches (laughs) so pretty cool pretty dope start Yeah, it's way more like Indiana Jones-esque than (laughs) you would think science started. (laughs) All right, so many of the Western world's most brilliant minds searched for the Philosopher's Stone over the centuries, including Roger Boyle, the father of modern chemistry. And um, as we mentioned in our episode on the Emerald Tablet, uh, Sir Isaac Newton attempted to create the stone in his... um, in his alchemical lab i got a little ahead of myself on the last episode but we're getting into it now yeah definitely made us made us want to cover it yeah yeah he so newton i didn't know this he even recorded a recipe for creating um part like a precursor substance to the stone you can google it online and you can see his uh like his whole recipe for it um the recipe is for what he called philosophical mercury um, was and it was originally written by uh, another an American chemist named George Starkey. So apparently Newton knew of his work and 
that's how they know that he knew of his work was because of his his reference to his recipe for that substance in making the stone so kind of cool side note yeah i don't want to bullshit or anything but i think like newton like dedicated like a lot of his later life into trying to find the philosopher's stone and you know i I don't think he was successful but he he sure tried man yeah if he's successful he'd still be alive somewhere i don't think anyone think about this though too if if you are successful like would you tell somebody it's a good question yeah so i I, you know, I don't want to get too crazy, but I don't know if you were to be successful, would you tell anybody? Food for thought, but true. All right. So let's keep going. Long before Newton, there was Nicolas Flamel, a French bookseller and notary who lived in Paris during the 14th and early 15th centuries in 1382. Flamel claimed to have transformed lead into gold after decoding an ancient book of alchemy with the help of a Spanish scholar familiar with the mystic Hebrew texts known as the Kabbalah. There is no way to know if this was true, but historically it is recorded that he did come into a considerable wealth around this time that he was making these claims and donated uh, many riches to charity. Yeah, so maybe he was just shitting out gold just right. constantly. But- but opposite of what you were saying, he was telling everyone. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he didn't get to the top. He didn't get, e- you know, I mean, I'm assuming he didn't get eternal life, but I well, mean, he was making gold, he man. He said he got the stone and was yeah. making gold. I don't know. <laughs> or he was using it as a cover story for a bunch of gold he stole or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever opinion you want to come to the bottom. But it is, it is definitely uh, weird how right when he, like, cracks this, he says he's got it. He's rich. Yeah, something happened. He got some riches. So, mm-hmm. who knows? All right. The so the earliest known written mention of the stone is in the uh, I will totally butcher this name, uh, Shiro Kmeta by Zosimos of Panopolis in 300 A.D. However, alchemical writers assign a longer known history. So the real origin of the legend is unknown. Elias Ashmole and the anonymous author of Gloria Mundi in 1620 claim that its history goes back to Adam. That is the Adam of the Bible. Uh, saying that he acquired the knowledge of the stone directly from God. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the Bible, but Adam was said to be able to speak directly to God. So... I guess that uh, yeah. ties in with the legend. Yeah. No, that, that's duh. They check their backstory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, that's crazy, man. And it said that the knowledge was then passed down through biblical patriarchs, giving them their extremely long lives referred to in the Old Testament of the Bible. Um, I like how this gives some idea or some, like, justification for... Um, if you if you're familiar with the Bible, like a lot of the old guys lived like hundreds of years. I yeah. like I like how they they decide that it's because of the philosopher's stone. So dude, that'd be pretty sick. Kind of cool. I mean, yeah. Kind of cool. Another like little idea about yeah, it. Yeah, that's weird. To, yeah, that's kind of weird to think about. So, the legend of the stone was also compared to the biblical history of the Temple of Solomon and the rejected cornerstone described in Psalms one eighteen. 
And if you don't have your Bible, I got it right here. It says, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Psalms 118, 22, and 23 from the King James Bible. So that little reference to the cornerstone, um, the rejected cornerstone, they're saying because it was, what did they say, marvelous mm-hmm. because of the Lord, uh, that it became the philosopher's stone. I think they're trying to say it's like referring to like how they refine it, whatever substance you know, it's like a normal substance or whatever, and they refine yeah. it down into it's the a stone. Long, yeah, a, long, a very long process. I think that's the connection being made yeah. there. Um, another connection that I see with the verse is the same connection that most people make to Jesus and might be more of what that verse was talking about and that Jesus was rejected and then refined. But, like... Yeah, you could take it a few different ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like how Christ was crucified and then risen to Savior... Uh, like the alchemist refines the common substance, makes the stuff. Yeah, you can right, kind of make some, that pretty good, I think. some parallels <laughs> there. Um, the theoretical roots outlining the stone's creation can also be traced to Greek philosophy. Alchemists later used the classical elements, the concepts, the concept of anima mundi, and creation stories presented in texts like Plato's Timaeus uh, as analogies for their process. According to Plato, the four elements are derived from a common source, or prima materia. I'm assuming those four elements are just, like, earth, water, wind, yeah, fire. water, fire, yeah. Uh, so, yes, so he's saying that they come from a common source, the prima materia, which means first matter, and is associated with chaos, Prima Materia is also the name alchemists assign to the starting ingredient for the creation of the Philosopher's Stone. The importance of this philosophical first matter persisted throughout the history of alchemy. In the 17th century, Thomas Vaughan wrote the first matter of the stone in the very same with with the he wait he wrote the first matter of the stone is a very the same as the first matter of all things sorry there's a mouthful sounds similar yeah that does sound similar to the opening verse of the emerald tablet the stone uh the first matter of the stone as above to the first matter yeah. of all things like as above so below as below so above kind of kind of similar yeah, like kind of similar yeah so that's sort of the basic idea of the history of the stone tying to alchemy. So it's this. Yeah, it, you know. it's kind of a rabbit hole. Uh, there's really like no like clean way to explain it. I think there's just moral of the story. It's very valuable. People are trying to figure out how to make it. And if they are successful, you will I mean, it'll be well worth it, I would assume. Eternal life. Yeah. Do you know um, something I didn't really write anything out on here was um, there was a guy, I, I can't remember when, if it was like the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, but there was a guy who claimed to be St. Germain, and he was actually like a magician, but he 
he had like like you can watch these videos of him online i think he's dead now but you can see like the videos of him he had like a little red powder and he said that he had the philosopher's stone you know sometimes oh. it's like a it sometimes it looks like a red ruby or like yeah. a red but jewel kind of translucent uh, yeah but other times it's like like a fine red powder so like he he did this little demonstration on tv with a red powder when he made like a little piece of lead like turn into gold with this little process he did but he was also like a magician so who knows yeah he could have been bullshitting yeah but it was a cool magic yeah it, trick. Was, it was cool so we kind of c- covered the whole idea of that now we want to. I want to cover another idea around the stone, and um, there's another form of alchemy. So like that. That was like in the lab form of guys. Yeah. You know, beakers and Bunsen burners, yeah, boiling, and, purifying. Yeah, yeah. And then even metallurgy. So they yeah. got like forges and stuff, and they're they're taking they're taking real physical elements and trying to combine them with different processes. But there's another form of alchemy that has a whole nother take on the Philosopher's Stone. And it's what's called spiritual alchemy or hermetic alchemy. Tying back to yeah, tying back to the, the tablets and the Hermes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good segue there. Thanks. So in hermetic alchemy, uh, the reason that alchemists call the Philosopher's Stone the magnum opus uh, was because they considered it to be their life's goal, um, the end-all, be-all for them to achieve if, if like, they could ever possibly get there or if the goal was just to work towards it. Mm-hmm. It being the perfect material, it could um, easily be compared to a perfect being or, like, an enlightened being. So the idea of the stone was to become, was, like, enlightenment. So the spiritual way to look at the philosopher's stone um you like at your current self are a base metal and then you go through psychological and uh, spiritual alchemical processes in your mind and change who you are and come out gold in that sense mm-hmm. according to hermeticism the philosopher's stone is more of a metaphor for enlightenment and those who focus on the material idea of the stone, like the actual alchemists, those guys, according to the hermeticists, they, this is how they view them. They view them as that's their lack of understanding of what the stone really is. Yeah. Yeah. So to the, to the spiritual alchemists, um, they think the like physical alchemy is just a distraction or it's like a not a you, yeah it's more know. of an idea or a way of life yeah but. it kind of reminds me back to like the the plato's cave yeah the uh, allegory of the caves yeah yeah when the he's talking about like physical things are like lower and then like the spiritual and yeah. like thinking like when he when he chopped it up into into four yeah I remember he thought like philosophical uh-huh. thinking was like the higher one yeah it kind of reminds me of this like hermeticism they think like the philosophical ideas and mindset of alchemy is is where it's like, like to them like that's where it's at that's the higher part kind of yeah. like plato yeah yeah and i think i think that's that was a really good section to kind of show like there's almost two sides to what the philosopher's stone really is yeah and there's tons of people like who will debate back and forth forever about it. I, I don't know either way. They're both cool ideas to yeah. me. Yeah, they are, they are both cool, and both of them make sense to me in a, in a way. 
Yeah, they do. Like, I can uh-huh. see how, like, you would need to sit down and meditate and, you know, become better mentally and reach some form of enlightenment or just, mm-hmm. or just you never, maybe you never reach enlightenment, but just the process of doing that makes you a better person and you just need to strive for that. Yeah. Like the whole thing of lead to gold, but really you're taking a yeah. less, less educated, not as good version of yourself and transforming into a better version of yourself. Yeah. I like how the alchemist called like looking for the stone, the magnum opus or the great work. Yeah. Cause that, that ties, crab. yeah. Like uh. that, that ties into the spiritual one too. I think really, really well, mm-hmm. the great work just yeah. becoming better. Yeah. And, and even ties into Christianity, like for those people trying to be more Christ-like, you know? Yeah. I, I think they all kind of interweave a little bit there for sure. Yeah. You can definitely see the themes. But I also, I also think the physical one is really cool. I I think it's it's a little cooler for sure, the, <laughs> the, definitely. But there, it both of them, the the spiritual one probably makes a little more sense. But I, yeah, it definitely gives me vibe. Yeah, Indiana Jones vibes. I mentioned him f- when he like finds the. Uh, crystal skull is that what you're talking about oh man don't even bring up crystal skull. <laughs> <laughs> no the good Shitty idiot movies. movie <laughs> no no when he finds uh the um yeah when he was when indiana jones was finding the holy grail in the good indiana jones movie <laughs> it, it reminds me of that like searching for the holy grail searching and i could see like a whole nother movie him searching and finding the philosopher's stone somewhere dude another you know? thing i saw if, you're ta- if we're talking about movies, I don't know if this is true, but you know the first Harry Potter movie, The Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah. Apparently, the original title was going to be Harry Potter, The Philosopher's Stone. Uh, yeah, I think the book is yeah. called The Philosopher's Stone. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that is probably a tie-in a lot of younger people will know. Is, yeah. Is, um, yeah, it's referred to in Harry Potter mm-hmm. also. I've, it's referred to in a lot of, um, a lot of things. Like entertainment. In, yeah, and a lot of entertainment things, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty uh it's just a cool it's a cool legend, a cool story and yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with it. So, I got some notes here on one cool guy. A lot of people might have heard of him, John D, and what he did with it. So, or what he did looking for it. So, in a manuscript belonging to the English alchemist John D, he was born in 1527 was a mysterious cipher table titled the Hermetica Philosophia Medulla, or is it translated Marrow of the Hermetic Philosophy. If you've never seen a cipher table, they look pretty cool. It's like a super advanced, like cryptic, um, almost like a Sudoku thing. It's just this huge cryptic chart I'm getting how, do I, emerald, how do I word this? Getting emerald tablet vibes. Yeah, like you know, some genius take some genius to like figure out decrypt what's it. hidden in it, the message that's hidden in it. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know the exact date, the exact date that John D started writing in this manuscript and creating the cipher table. However, we do know Arthur, who's John D's son. He wrote another manuscript in 1634 titled Arca. Arca or Secret of Secrets, in which he celebrates his alchemical success with the Philosopher's Stone, claiming he discovered the true recipe. 
Um, he decorated Arca Arcanorum with an emblem copied from a medieval alchemical scroll illustrating uh, the allegorical process of alchemical, alchemical transmutation necessary for the philosopher's stone. This is all relevant because in 2021, Richard Bean cracked the cipher. So this cipher from, when was it, 1527? Nobody was able to crack it. Maybe his son did know it, Arthur, but nobody cracked it until 2021. Dude, that's that's sick how recent yeah, it is. It's pretty sweet. So um, if when he cracked it, he says, so if the directions are followed correctly, um, of the cipher, the reader is promised. You will have a truly gold-making elixir by whose benevolence all the misery of poverty is put to flight, and those who suffer from any illness will be restored to health. Now, contrary to what is believed for a long time, alchemical recipes do contain chemical processes, which oftentimes can be reproduced in modern laboratories. Um, and the beginning of the recipe can be replicated pretty easily in a, in a lab. Uh, however, the end of the recipe that's found in the cipher, it gets vague. So they, no one really knows how to finish the recipe right. So Yeah. But it's, it's pretty cool that there was that old... I just thought this was a cool thing to bring up. There was that old cipher of John D. and that somebody finally cracked it and yeah who knows maybe someday we'll hear of somebody figuring it out you know dude yeah if someone finally does figure out yeah i guess so this kind of segues where uh the that cypher wheel idea there's yeah, other this, like, other yeah recipes we, jake found another cool one to bring up of a uh, uh somebody else so this is definitely like it's like more modern yeah though. and take it with a grain of salt too i think it's just cool but uh, in March 11th, 2011, a book suddenly appears on the internet, and it's called The Book of Aquarius. And uh, one of the definitely more weird things about it, too, is that no author has taken, like, credit. The, the author is completely anonymous. It's unknown. Yeah, completely unknown. <laughs> and bef- just to preface this, one of the things why I think this isn't, like, complete, like, it doesn't, it's not full bullshit, like, right off the rip is... He wasn't charging a fee, or him, her, whoever wrote this. It was just a free book. Yeah, it was a free book. You could just go download it for free. But so in 2011, uh, this anonymous author drops this book, and supposedly it contained a step-by-step process, like full instruction booklet, essentially, of how to make a Philosopher's Stone. And uh, it's 165 pages. You can go find it if you want online, probably free. Uh, yeah, I bought one on Amazon. Yeah, you can buy a physical copy if you want, of course. Red. Not hard to get now. Yeah. I yeah. had to put that in the library. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, supposedly it's an instruction step-by-step. It references a bunch of uh, supposedly dozens of alchemical texts. And uh, if you're asking, like, okay, so now we got the setup. Like, what do you? how do you make it? What do you need? And... Uh, like the one made ingredient, I know it sounds weird, but it's apparently urine. Yeah. Yeah. This ties back to like the ideas of, you know, that the stone is made from like 
substances we see all the time yeah. and just like disregard or don't pay any attention to. And me and Red were talking about here earlier, like there was probably a bunch of alchemical they were they were experimenting with probably a bunch of bodily fluids. Like I'm sure every <laughs> bodily fluid yeah. has been tried. Yeah. But uh, I guess if we get back into yeah, like Isaac Newton yeah. jerking off in his lab, but <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, yeah, shit, the building block of life. You probably yeah. make something out of that. I'm sure blood was tried a lot because it was red. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see blood. You know, what you're thinking right now for sure. That too. Tears. <laughs> Boogers. Uh, Anyways. Uh, apparently, so I guess the whole if you're asking like why urine, like the thing we see all the time, like Red was saying here. Uh, Urine and other bodily fluids, uh, I guess there's a claim that these bodily fluids contain, like, our life energy, in a sense. Like, everything we take in, the air, the weather, our, the food we eat, the drinks we drink, all that stuff, you know, it comes out of us. And I, I guess that kind of builds in the thing that you need that life energy to be able to make this, quote-unquote, philosopher's stone. But, I can I can yeah. see where they get the uh, the, yeah. the thinking. I don't know that I agree, but I can yeah. I can see you know. When I first like heard about this, I thought I was like like pee like what the, but then like when you kind of look into it and kind of think about it, it, it kind of makes sense in a way. Yeah, it's still weird, but well, like the way it goes through your body and changes and comes back out. Yeah, that's like alchemy or chemistry too like yeah biologically like there's all these chemical reactions that change it and all yeah all of our organs getting their getting their dang done but uh there's like a i it's yeah. a long what's up you had something to add? no no go ahead <laughs> it, it, it's very long but there's essentially a bunch of different processes of boiling purifying distilling a bunch of other methods and this would take a long time supposedly i have the number of three day years but uh I apparently these are instructions on how to do it. Now, if you're asking, like, apparently people did try it. There was a forum that was around after this book came out. I think you know soon after a forum was made that the anonymous author would talk back and forth with people trying this, and people weren't necessarily getting uh, results like like the good shit, like changing a less valuable material into gold or eternal life. But they uh, eventually there is. People were saying they did start to get a stone type uh, stone. Normally, a white like stone would form after yeah. a period of time. It's called a kidney stone. <laughs> yeah, <No. laughs> <I> imagine. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I don't know what they got. But so people are are doing this. They're getting along. I the forum's up for. I can't completely verify for how long it's up for, but it's it's at least up for about a year, maybe longer, a couple years. But out of nowhere. From where I can find in late 20, 2012 to 2013, the forum, the websites vanish. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, out of nowhere, the, the websites are just gone. Somebody shut down the P alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. So is, it, did it, is the author bullshitting and maybe it got too big and he wanted to take it down? Is it, did the government take it down? Would, were people really starting to get results and it got too big? So, you know. Yeah. You know. Did people get everlasting pea-smelling life? Yeah. So, you know, it's. I think it's just a cool story. This book it shows up out of nowhere. Well, once again, I think the reason why it kind of, I want to get into it more, is that it is free. He wasn't, like, trying to get rich off the thing. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I don't know. It would be... 
interesting if the real way to make it was by urine so nobody ever yeah. does it yeah <laughs> like no what it's especially bro you'd stink up your house doing this process yeah you're bro. boiling pee yeah. like what are we and doing it, who i want to know who came up with it yeah i and all i tried to read the author is still and no one knows who wrote this book yeah sorry i have a hard time not making fun of it but. yeah no that uh, totally yeah like, it would be funny if it was legitimate. If it is legitimate, but to me, it just sounds yeah. like some mentally ill person or some like, you know, yeah, whacked out dude. <laughs> yeah. Definitely mentally Boiling ill vibes. His pee, you and, know, yeah, just mumbling about the government and eternal life. Yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> he's got his freaking Unabomber manifesto, yeah, right on his hip, ready to go. Yeah, like what are you doing? You're supposed to be cooking meth right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it just. Yeah, but no, it is it is weird how it like popped up. People started trying it, and then everything just like went dark. Yeah, everything just went dark. So, who knows if you want to buy the book and follow this step by step process and try to make yeah your try to get in contact with me, man. Like I'd love to see what you make. If but. somebody, yeah, if somebody makes a philosopher's pea stone, <laughs> we yeah. No, like, we're not going to make fun of you. If you make one, if you we want to see it. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. I want to see it. But... I don't want to touch it. But <laughs> no, I don't want to touch it either. Maybe a sniff. That's definitely, that's definitely a gloves operation, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Got to strap the gloves on. All right. Well, I feel like um, we did a solid covering of the Philosopher's Stone from, you know, the physical alchemical alchemical history kind of connected to the emerald tablets and then the spiritual the spiritual one and then uh you know a couple oddball things yeah especially the last one of course i had to cover this one but it was it was a great addition (laughs) and it just shows you how this you know the philosopher's stone just gets you know like a lot of things we cover it just these things it gets weird man yeah it's like these ideas they get in people's heads and they just like get brought into other things i think it's cool you know you know curiosity killed the cat man and it seems like it killed a lot of philosophers uh lives too but i mean yeah i feel like when somebody just hits you know a cool idea like yeah. it just people run with it I, yeah i like it i i appreciate it. if you made it this far in the podcast i appreciate you Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, You know, till next time, this is Red. And this is Jake. Thanks for listening.